Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Welcome to Office ADHD. I have the pleasure to introduce you today to Josh Salmon. He does voiceovers, audio production, copywriting, broadcasting, journalism, sports photography, and he's part of our adult ADHD tribe. Welcome, Josh. Howdy. I feel like there should be a secret handshake or something. I know, right? We totally need a cool handshake. And thanks for saying my last name right. Everybody says that wrong. Really? How do people want to say your last name? I don't know. It's a fish. It's not that hard. It helps me weed out the uh, telemarketers, I guess. Ah, excellent. Okay. So since we're talking about telemarketers, I have to tell you my favorite telemarketer story. So it was back from the days when we, you know, had landlines and people would call and ask us about our long distance all the time. My sister, whenever she would, whenever she would answer the phone and you and they would be like hey you want to check out our long distance plan she'd be like i'm sorry we don't have a phone and hang up <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> awesome very nice now josh you told me that you do impressions and i'm kind of geeking out about your muppets and sesame street impressions do you think that you could give us an example of those yeah do you want them to talk to each other Yes, that would be awesome. Okay, so here we go. I, there's four of them I do, so um, you'll you'll recognize them when they get there. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Justin Kermit the Frog. I'm live at Sesame Street and um, the ADHD, the Office ADHD podcast. Yay! So uh, here with my friends from Sesame Street. First of all, let's talk to uh, Ernie. Uh, he's got a big bathtub, and he's got a duck in there. What are you doing? Oh, hey. Hey, hey Kermit. <laughs> Um, please pass the towel. Um, I'm here with my rubber ducky. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Um, okay, thanks. Uh, so let's go out to the street here and our roofing reporter, Cookie Monster. Um, no, no uh, Cookie Monster, don't eat the phone or don't eat the microphone. Oh, 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 sorry. Um, um, Cookie Monster likes to eat everything. Um, num, num. Uh, okay, uh, never mind. He ate the microphone. Sorry, folks. Okay, and let's go to Grover, who just flew in with his super cakey Super Grover. Hello, everybody. It is I, Super Grover. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between near and far. Near, far. Okay, that has been Muppet. Yay! That's amazing. See, most guys dated in high school. This is what I did. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I've heard that you've written some books. Could you tell us about these books that you have written? I have. First, I'll start with a real children's book. Probably, I want to say it's about... 10, not quite 10 years ago was my first one. My oldest child, she's going to be 14 now, but she was about four, you know, and dad would leave for work every day and she didn't understand where I was going. Where, where does dad go? You know, it's like a whole nother universe. They don't understand that you go to work. And so it's called, Where Does Daddy Work? is the name of the book. And so throughout the book, it's shown, it's told from a child's point of view. Okay, maybe, you know, I've seen my dad rescue a cat. Maybe he's a superhero. You know, uh, dad likes to play baseball. Maybe he's a baseball player. I've tasted dad cooking. I know he's not a chef, you know, and... There's a little bit of humor and there's kind of tongue in cheek. And at the end has, you know, has name tag. It never says what the job is because that way it can be any dad. But it says the job he does best is being my dad. And so Aww. I did the pictures on that. And it's I'm not a great artist. So it looks like a little kid drew it kind of sort of. But it's congruent all the way through. The guy looks the same. And it kind of looks like me, except when he's mowing, he's grunting. I, I don't grunt when I mow. But anyways, yeah, so that's a fun one. Second book I did was Frankie the Friendly Monster. My wife illustrated that one. She's a much better artist. But that was basically about a kid who's starting fifth grade at a new school. 
And, you know, he's the monster. So obviously he stands out like a sore thumb besides being the new kid. That one's, by the end of the book, he's the coolest kid. You know, everybody's like, hey, is he going to eat us? Is he going to kill us? You know, what's going to happen? And, and some kids are like, hey, let's, you know, let's give him a chance. And then so he ends up being cool. But that's kind of about me because I was on my fifth school by third grade. Not because I was bad, just because we moved a lot. So oh wow, kind of about me in a way. And then the last book I did was two years ago. I released, uh, released a book of poetry, which is, I'm not a poetry guy. I'm not a roses are red type thing, but it was actually intended to be song lyrics. I started in my early to mid 20s. And I was going through some really tough, tough times about when I was 23, 24. Contemplated, you know, ending it, but I, I didn't think I ever would, and I didn't. And so I wrote a bunch of stuff, then it was kind of deep. Put it on the shelf, didn't do anything with it for 20 years. You know, here I am 20-some years later, father of two, been married for a long time. You know, my life's completely different. I'm twice the age I was then, and I finished it. I added some new stuff to it, you know, to make another chapter. So it's kind of like full spectrum of my life, basically from my 20s to where I am now as an adult. And I sold out of those. I just sold them recently, had that one published recently, and I might have to do a second printing. So that one is called Ponderings of a Guppy, and it's only available locally. I didn't do anything online or anything like that. And it's just a paperback book, but it's, uh, I think it's about 30 pages. And so some of it's really funny and some of it's serious. And most people who know me don't know I even have a serious side. So it was a little, a uh, little bit different to them, but yeah, there was some silly, funny stuff in there and some newer stuff too. So that was neat. So those are the three I've done. Well, and I think that's great that it goes the full spectrum that, you know, shows that I was here and then this is kind of your progression and it's really good for, I think, kids and even you know, youth and people to read because then it shows that, hey, you're not always going to be stuck where you are, that you're going to still learn and progress. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I just had, these were supposed to be song lyrics and we never really, really turned one of them ever into a song bands I was in. And I kind of put them on, you know, in the drawer and moved around and stuff and just carried them with me and kind of, you know, I didn't really write a whole lot of poetry between the time I was like 27 to like, you know, until I just recently couple years ago, rewrote some. I wrote different skits, you know, and I did journalism stuff writing, but I never actually finished this type of stuff. So then I pulled those out one day and I'm like, wait a minute, this might be kind of a cool book. I'm going to have to add, you know, some now looking at my life now. And so then I did that and then I said, hey, maybe other people can relate to this. And so I decided to publish it. Well, for sure. And on top of publishing books, tell me, how did you get into broadcasting? Accidentally, kind of. <laughs> I went to school and I didn't, we moved here, went from California to Nebraska is where I live now. And so I didn't want to be here. You know, I was 15 years old. My whole friends was out there. When you're 15, your friends are your life. And so I was rebellious basically the last three years of high school. Now, my rebellious is like, you know, okay, I'm going to not do my homework and hang out at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, I didn't light anything on fire or steal anything. But <laughs> anyways, I really didn't work very hard in high school as much as I should have or could have. And so I didn't really have the grades nor the money to go to university. So I said, okay, I'll try the community college. Went to California, did community college semester. Didn't really care for it, you know. Came back, took a year off. Worked a year in Nebraska. They went to college here. Well, they didn't have journalism. I wanted to do newspaper, which is what I do now. But anyways, they didn't have it. And I have this media arts, which is kind of, you know, a little bit of newspaper, a little bit of photography, mostly broadcasting type thing. You can either go video or audio. And I'm like, ah, nobody, I don't want to be on front of a camera. So I did the audio thing. And I, I kind of messed around with that when I was a kid, but never really thought I'd do anything with it. I absolutely loved it. And so I've been broadcasting for 20 years. That's amazing that you just kind of fell into it. And then you're like, well, here we are. This is just what we're going to do now. That's awesome. I own two and two of my own sports broadcasting networks. I just started this year. And then I my, my own podcast. And I, you know, so but I still have the broadcasting, but newspaper is my full-time job now. That's great. And one of the things that I love about hearing your journey is that those of us listening that, you know, have known we have ADHD or just 
even that have just found out they have ADHD, we can look back and say, oh, yes, I see your pathway. I see you. And I understand this whole changing things around and sometimes just landing on something. And there you go. Because you are actually just recently diagnosed, right? Somewhat recently. It was probably about nine years ago, something like that. I was visiting with a a psychiatrist or psychologist anyways, and just going through some other personal stuff. And as I was talking to him, you know, I wouldn't finish my thoughts or just little signs were like that. And he, one day he's like, do you ever been tested? And he's a real nice guy. Do you ever been tested for ADHD or ADD? And I go, no. And so he gave me a little quiz thing and he's like, you're right on the border, you know, and you might want to talk to your doctor. And so I talked to her about it and she did the same kind of thing. You know, the signs were there and, and that kind of thing. And so, I mean, it's always actually been in my life, but nobody's really diagnosed me with it. I think because I really didn't have the hyper part and my best friend going up had it, but he was extremely hyper. And so I was always pretty calm, you know, and I didn't really, but my mind was wandering, you know, a million miles away. I do okay in school. I wasn't an A student, but I wasn't an F student, got my stuff done, but you know, my mind was wandering. And so nobody really figured it out too much until I got older. And so now as an adult, you've got a family, you know, jobs. And, and so (laughs) It's a whole bunch more on your plate. So I, I do take a medicine for it and it helps kind of, uh, you know, get rid of the squirrel moments as I call them. How did it feel to learn that you're not alone and that it's okay and that, you know, some of these things, some of these things going on in your life are just part of who you are? Well, and it's it's not too bad. It's kind of weird because I still don't know that I'm not alone because nobody else in my house has it. You know, my l- luckily my kids don't have it. And my wife doesn't have it. They all do very well. Very good concentration. You know, as I look at some of my family members now, very close family members, I'm like, yeah, they probably had that too, you know, and just were never diagnosed because they're in their 70s or 80s, you know, and didn't really have that kind of thing then. So they just learned to live with it. Well, it's a little different for my family to try to understand, you know, why is dad forgetting to do this, you know, or, or why doesn't he do this? I've already asked him. Or why is he doing that but not doing this, you know, and it's different for people that don't have it. Luckily, my wife is a special ed teacher, so she understands kind of the mentality there of different different people with autism, you know, and and down the line. And so once I told her what's going on and, you know, some of the tendencies that, that happens, then she's, you know, really doing good with that. And the kid my kids have adapted, you know, that's just the way dad is. And, you know, there's a notice if I'm off my medicine a little bit. You know, sometimes I'm doing something weird. Like I'll start the water, you know, in the sink and then go do something else and then come back and then go do that. You know, and so it's kind of obvious to people who don't know it. Sometimes I never catch myself, you know. And honestly, you know, that's that's what we're here for. That's the things you're describing are completely normal for those of us with ADD and ADHD. And that's one of the main reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want people with adult ADHD to know, hey, they've got a tribe. They've got people here that understand and that can help them through this. As broadcaster, it's kind of difficult, especially when I do sports, because, you know, there's so much going on. There's so many distractions. You know, you're in a gym, you're at a football field, you're on a baseball field, there's kids running around, there's people screaming, you know, there's music playing, there's, you know, besides just the game. And so there's a lot to be distracted when you do sports broadcasting. And for the most part, I can stay pretty well focused on what I'm doing because I'm running my own commercials. You know, I'm doing the broadcast, I'm keeping score. I don't have time to be distracted because my list, you know, my listeners will suffer. And so my job is to tell them what's going on. And so for the most part, during my sports broadcast, I can focus on what's going on. It's a little harder when I have somebody else broadcasting with me, because when they're talking, then I start, my, my mind starts to wander a little bit. Oh, yeah, because when you're doing your solo broadcasting, then you can hit that hyper stride and just be in your zone and you're fine. 
Yeah. And when they did radio, it wasn't bad because you could record it, you know, or you just go on live, do a break. Sometimes you're like, what in the world did I just say? You know, but that's, it was, it was radio, but yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work so much on TV. And I never had any interest in doing television. No, for sure. Television's its own monster. So one of the things that I did want to ask you is, you know, and especially even in the light of you sharing your poetry and some of your thoughts to help uplift others, what would you like to share with those out there that are listening that are wondering how they can achieve all the things that you've achieved and are kind of fighting their own battles? What would you like to tell them? Well, don't deny it, first of all, because that's going to be the worst thing you can do. You know, you've got it and you got blessed with it. God gave it to you for a reason. For whatever reason that is, you may never find out, but that's the way he made you. And so deal with it, you know, find a way to deal with it. Maybe it's medication. Maybe it's, you know, something else. Maybe it's a support group. We don't have anything like that around here. So it was kind of weird when I I got diagnosed originally several years ago, I told a buddy of mine who I'd gone to high school with and I said, hey, you know, I recently got diagnosed with ADD and, and he goes, well, duh. And apparently, you know. I mean, he knew it all these years and I had no idea, you know? So it was kind of, uh, it's kind of eye opening to me. I'm like, really? Has the science been here all this time and nobody said anything, you know? Because they just like me for the way I am. They accept me for when, and that's what I'm telling people, accept yourself for the way you are. You know, you've got ADHD, ADD, just, you know, that's fine. Find ways to adapt it. I make a lot of lists. I email myself a lot. You know, there's, there's ways you're going to have squirrel moments, you know, where you're distracted. You're going to have things that are going to happen. I'm open with my work. You know, my boss knows that I've got it. And the job I have right now, my schedule changes every single day. I'm doing something different every single day at a newspaper, you know. And so that's it's really difficult because my hours are different every day. Some days I'm taking pictures of this. Some days I'm taking pictures of that. I got to find the place. I got to get there. Sometimes I don't even know until 10 minutes before I'm supposed to take a picture, you know. So it's just the way it is. And so it's, it's, it's kind of good for me with ADD because that's the way my brain works anyways. The best way I describe ADD to people is like, you know, the like with NASA or any kind of production studio, like the back scenes of Jimmy Fallon or something when they show the production room and all the TV screens, that's what ADD is. Okay. I have all those TV screens going on my head, but I'm not, I'm flipping the channels all the time. You know, that's the best way for me to describe ADD. So I show my kids and I was like, here's what it looks like in my head figuratively, you know, and they get it. They're old enough to understand. But I was like, so there's all these TV sets and I'm not really focusing. I'll watch one for a little bit and I'll watch the next one. So that's kind of what living with ADD is like to me. No, that's great. And I love that. And I love that whole idea of, you know, just accept yourself who you, for who you are, where you are, and speak confidently about it with other people that this is a good thing. And it makes it so that you can multitask, so that you can change your tasks up and, you know, move forward knowing this is who you are and this is a good thing. Well, and, you know, exercise is a good thing. It really is. It, it, you know, it helps burn off some of the energy, that kind of thing. And, and working in a field that you, you know, that you get. Journalism is a big, good field for somebody with ADD because there is a lot of changing things. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I would get, if I had downtime, that's bad. Downtime is bad with ADD because you're wandering and then you forget something else. So I don't have time sometimes to wander. Like today was a crazy day. So, you know, just find a job that, that fits your skills ability, but would also fit your talents, you know, and, and be open with your employers. Say, hey, I, you know, I'm battling this. I do the best I can and I'll work hard for you. And, you know, usually they're, they're cool with it. I mean, they understand. Yeah, no, for sure. Find something that keeps you busy and that's something that you love. Definitely. And then if that doesn't work, just start doing Muppet voices. Never fails. Or any other. I got a bunch of other ones that I do. When I used to do radio, I did the, I created a character called Merv and he was this old guy that was like 70. He's always trying to get rid of his 95 year old mom. Every time he called in, the whole point of the call was to get rid of his mom. Just get her out of the house. He's tired of her. And so it was the radio station I worked at. You know, I was the midday guy 
and I would call the morning show and they knew it, you know, but they didn't know what I was going to do. And so it was spur of the moment, but I, I localized it, you know, and people actually thought it was a real guy. We'd, we'd go places and we're broadcasting somewhere. Hey, I love when that old guy Merv calls in. I'm like, yep, he's hilarious. You know, and it was me. So Queen of England. Uh, I, I did a lot of Queen of England. She called a lot from beyond the pond and I always made her feisty, you know, so that was funny. That's great. Well, and that's just another example of honestly how ADHD's helped you with your career is that it played into all of that creativity. And one of the shows that I just love is the Holderness family. I watch their YouTube videos and the dad pen on there, he talks about how his ADHD plays into his creativity and to his ability to create and do all of those things. Yeah, well, and look at the famous people. You know, if you think, oh, I'm all alone, Justin Timberlake has ADD. He also says he has OCD. And he's like, try living with both of those. That's a direct quote from, from JT. So, you know, there's other people. There's lots of celebrities that have ADD or ADHD. So, you know, it doesn't mean make you a bad person. And it doesn't mean you can't be, you know, famous or whatever your aspirations are. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And everybody, you know, people have got it. We've got it for whatever reason. They really can't get rid of it. You don't really outgrow it. Some people get better as they get age. You know, some people had it worse as a kid, but that's just the way it is. So find ways to, you know, to, to make a better you. Yeah, we're here for you. And everybody check the episode description so you can make sure you can find all the links so that you can hear more of Josh's fun voices and more of his content down there. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. I, I didn't even know this kind of thing existed. So this is cool to know that I'm, that I, you know, I'm helping maybe other people out and this helped me out a lot. And then, you know, I'll go back and listen to a lot of the other episodes. And so then I can relate to some of those too. Very cool. And I have, I did one episode of my own podcast where I did a dating type show. So I was all three contestants, the host, the girl and everything. And I did two different episodes of that. Well, one time Beavis and Butthead were on. So I had four contestants. So I basically did five or six voices in each one, then produced it all, overlapped the voices. It took a while, but it's really funny. That's awesome. That's the episode that I'm going for first. Thank you so much for coming. Jenna, thanks a lot. This is awesome. Office ADHD, everybody. Tell your friends, even if they don't have ADHD, maybe they can relate to something and get to know you a little better. Thanks so much for listening. To learn more about anything we talked about today, head over to officeadhd.com. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.